Yo, what is up? You have found the Ryan Whitledge Show. I'm your administrative assistant, Brandon Golder, and with me, he is Ryan. Do I come in with an axe? Do I chop down the doors? That That's right. Mean- yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I guess I guess that was a play on Johnny Carson, So, which is what I, I just did. So I guess that makes perfect sense. It totally did not come off as a play on Johnny Carson. It came off on, oh, crap, why am I blanking on it? Jack Nicholson, The Shining. There we go. That's how I well, heard it in my head. No, and that, I think that's fair because that is where they got it from. So, yeah, I guess it all comes. Time is a flat circle after all. There's actually an interesting Einstein quote. Oh, I wish I had had it up. I'm going to miss it now. Um, it came in a TV show we were watching yesterday. It's something like, um, we have time so that everything doesn't happen all at once. And that really hit me hard for some reason. I was like, whoa, like, I I don't know. Like I had one of those like stoner bro moments like, whoa, it's so true. It's like, if you don't have time, then every event that has ever happened or ever will would all happen simultaneously. So yeah, time is a flat circle after all. Uh, quote Albert Einstein, quote Michael Scott, quote Brandon Goldner. Love it. Anyway, how are you doing? <laughs> the only reason, the exact quote is, the only reason for time is so that everything doesn't happen at once. There you that go. That was pretty I, close, though. I yep, mean, that was pretty, it was pretty close. Okay, thank you. That was pretty close. Uh, live yeah. live fact checking. <laughs> it's easy to do with me because I'm wrong so often. Uh, preview for another conversation we're going to have. How are you doing, Ryan? It's good to see you. Dude, I'm doing fantastic. It's sports is back. I'm sitting here in my uh, NFL kicked off on Thursday. The Bucks absolutely destroyed the Cowboys. Well, not absolutely destroyed. It was a close game. But anytime the Cowboys lose, I'm fucking ecstatic. Uh, Patriots are playing later today. Uh, Oregon absolutely destroyed Ohio State yesterday. Uh, you, uh, if you were a better alum, you would know that your Beavers beat uh, Hawaii State instead I knew of being that. out. And I knew did that. You, you knew it, but did you watch it? Didn't watch it. I know that they if they win five more games, they have a bowl game berth. See, I kind of sort of follow. The only type of football I ever did follow in my life was college football. It was because I lived in Corvallis. So I know a little bit. I know a little bit. Yeah. So, no, I'm Jack. This is this. Is, a lot of people always make the joke, like, when their they're singular sport starts or whatnot, like, they have to apologize to the spouse of, honey, you're not going to see me for a while. Granted, for me, that that's mostly the basketball season when you're getting a game every other night. But for me, my sport season starts at the minute that football starts. So I, I get that very wide range because and I at least luck out too because my wife is a massive football fan so yesterday we were sitting on the couch and we were both we were both we were both watching the the uh, Oregon Ohio State game and and yelling and cheering about that Uh, she's got her Seahawks that kick off here in a about 50 minutes so she'll be sitting down with uh with hers Coors Light and her Seahawks gear watching that I, I was gonna say because I, I suggested that we start at 10 you're like nope 10 o'clock there'll be football throughout the house can we do it at nine and I was like yeah I guess um so yeah. yeah big football house over there oh yeah oh yeah no okay. and so then Patriots kick off at at 1 that I'm gonna have to go on the hunt for um on the internet because um uh, being a fan of an East coast team sucks because even though it says one twenty-five kick on CBS, they're playing the dolphins. That's not being broadcast on the West coast. Instead, we get uh, Browns, Kansas city out here for that game on CBS. So uh, I got to, I got to go into the depths of the internet on that, but normally you during can figure it out. Aren't the Browns really good though this year? Like shout out to CJ McCollum. I know he always talks about the Browns. They, they are very sneaky. I think they'll win the division. I think they might, I, I do have a slight little bet on them to make the playoffs. So I, I think they will be, they will be good. They will be decent. Um, but I thought I that, heard that they're like really good. 
they have a really good team if they can actually put it together and be a really good team uh will is yet to be decided but i i think i think they got a shot but you know normally normally around football like if both of our teams are playing at the same time the wife will normally like she'll watch her seahawks in the bedroom i'll normally claim the living room i will usually drag out another tv set it up and uh stream uh thread zone so i can catch everything that's going on. Yeah. I'm big, big sports fan. I mean, again, the sports hutch behind me is just filled with everything. So, you know, on, on top of that, you got the Mariners that are actually having a chance to sneak into a wild card spot. I think they're a game and a half, two games back after their loss last night to the diamondbacks of uh, making it into the wild card, uh, ending sports longest drought for a playoff appearance. So, wow. I mean, I have to admit though, I mean, that's, that's cool and all, but I have to admit that like, it's moments like these that I'm glad I'm glad that I only like basketball. Cause this would be too much. Like it would be too much for me to follow. It'd be too much for me to get emotionally invested in. And I'm just kind of picturing your house looking like there's like a, 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 a real estate listing of like a bookie's house in Las Vegas that, that hit the internet the other week. And there was like seven TVs in the kitchen and like five TVs in the bathroom and like 12 TVs in the living room. I'm just imagining your house just has like TVs like plastered in every room. I'm, I'm trying, trying to take a poop. I'm trying to avoid that. So I got the window right over there and above the window, what you can't see is that I have a giant projector screen mounted. And this is the season where I am trying to figure out how to get our projector to where I can have it be like six or seven different feeds and one projector screen oh, yeah. so that, you know, almost let's call it like the Buffalo wild wings or the sports book style, you Basically know, those the matrix of... at this point, you're just running lines of code and you're following everything simultaneously. Yes. But it's again, picture in picture in picture in picture is what you're yeah, trying to But again, for. my wife, my wife is a giant sports fan as well. So she doesn't necessarily mind the only thing, but this is her biggest complaint and doing podcasts such as this is part of why it's her complaint. She claims I killed her love of the blazers. Oh, that's sad <laughs> because, uh, because of how much I am into them because of how much she hears about them, how much I watch them. She, she used to love them with a passion. She still likes them, still follows. It's cute during the basketball season. She will try to like stay up on breaking news and see if she can tell me something that I don't know. <laughs> it's maybe happened that- once in a blue moon, but, but she cannot physically watch a blazers game with me in the house i clap too loud i yell too loud i (laughs) i pace too much i scream i get into like this squatting position on the floor where i'm going back and forth when it's a close (laughs) game i am just so into it blazers so blazers are still my number one but other than that you know like i said i i love it football started sports is back fucking bring it on. You're happy. Uh, speaking of the Blazers, I am stoked. What came in the mail, little mail call this week is this Damian Lillard team USA Jersey. Uh, probably a knockoff, uh, to be honest. Like I, I told you before we recorded, it was, there's this tweet that went out after the Olympics. You can get these jerseys for like 30 bucks. And I was like 30 bucks. And it had been a while since I had ordered it. And I sort of, I kind of forgot about it. I'm like, where is that order? How is it doing? And so like a month and a half later, it finally came, uh, uh, it says Lillard. Uh, well, it appears it like to be they, a jersey. It, it came. They spelled USA right. They spelled uh, USA correctly. The, the flag has, you know, the correct number of of stars at fifty stars, thirteen stripes. Um, 
so the Nike swoosh is the right direction. It, it had may the not, tag. It, it may not be a knockoff. It might not. It had the tag on it that had the little holographic thing. So anyway, I th- the thing that's cool about this jersey, and I hate to say this, but if Damian Lillard were to not be on the Portland Trailblazers, I could still I rock. <laughs> I could still rock this jersey because it's a Lillard Team USA jersey. So th- this this will never go out of style. It never expires. I'm super happy about it. Um, I did want to bring up one more thing, though, uh, and we can bring up other stuff, too. But like before we move on to the actual show, I want to preview a conversation that we're going to have at some point. Um, You can already started arguing about it off the air, off the air, on the air, on Twitter. I put on Twitter my potential predictions for the Blazers season. And what I did was I put a range of different outcomes. And here's the thing. We're not going to get into it right now because I know that we don't have time. I get that. However, I want us to all think about the fact that when we're trying to think about whether something may or may not happen, and there are many different contingencies that include injuries to your own team, that include injuries to other teams, that includes development or non-development, again, from your team or other teams, teams there's so many different butterfly effects that here's my my argument for having a range we'll talk about it more on a different show it's that there's this range within which i would not be surprised that's what so to me that's what it is would i be surprised if they got x number of games would i be surprised if if they got x plus 10 number of games that's my rationale in a nutshell we'll argue about it more but i just i had to get it out because people were roasting me you were roasting me on twitter people were roasting me oh it's because you're indecisive it's because you don't want to pick on a number you don't want to be wrong and like if you know me i honestly don't give a shit whether i'm right or wrong it's more about the process so i don't know if you have a thought about that i know that we're not talking about it today but just wanted to say but the quick caveat for something something for you to just chew on because we'll uh, you wanted to do predictions talk today uh they don't even have I wanted to do it last episode. You vetoed it. You had a better idea. Then I wanted to do it today. And you're like, no, I already made an outline. So I've been up since two in the mornings. <laughs> we'll five, talk about it at some point. Or six today. I slept in a bit. But uh, no. That's a late uh, sleeping for you. It is. It is. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've been up. I've done things. There's laundry over there to fold. But no, um, my, my one little caveat, I'll, I'll give you a smidge. If you can narrow down your range, the range that you threw out on Twitter was a 12 game span. Dude, that is that's totally reasonable. That is the difference between a top first place seed in your conference and being being the the uh, the 12th plan having that big of a range. I understand that that's reasonable. Yes. Are you willing to if you want to go with a range, narrow it down to a five game window? So, so I will take your question and I will, I will table it. I'll think about it because I do want to get into this. I also want to create a written piece that goes beyond the range that I suggested. I want to create a written piece that goes to like the 95th percentile. And I think the reason why I'm thinking about this is I thought a lot about, um, polling and predictions, right? Like we all, we've all channeling your inner Nate silver, channeling my inner Nate silver, who, by the way, my respect for Nate silver has cratered during COVID. I, I, down the toilet. Speaking of people who just smell their own farts, I really, I liked him and I liked, anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is that one thing I do agree with how he approaches political polls is that if you're four months out from an election, right, things could happen. There could be news, economic news, other types emails, (laughs) all sorts of things could have a global pandemic that makes the likely outcome shift and change. And even stuff, depending on where you live and how easy it is to vote, the the weather could change voting. So I think it makes sense. It's like, okay, like 
there's like an 80% chance it's going to fall between here and here. And from that, you can, you can pick a number. So I picked a gun to my head number for the Blazers, which I think, I think right now, I think I put it at 49. Um, but you know, that doesn't mean that there's not, so we'll talk more about this later. I thank you for letting me get some of this out because I'd been holding it inside. Uh, I just think that people should, should broaden their thinking first of all, around what may be likely and just being comfortable with that. And then second of all, yeah, yeah, you're going to be, you're not going to be right. Sometimes you're going to be wrong. Your predictions are going to be wrong. Your analysis is going to be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about coach Billups. Maybe I'm wrong about Anthony Simons and that's totally okay to me. It's more about what was the process of getting there. That's what's interesting to me. I like thinking about that stuff and considering it. I just, it's like putting Legos together in your mind. doesn't matter uh-huh. if the thing collapses after you had to rebuild them. It's fine. So that's my point. Appreciate you letting me get it out. And just wanted to say that. Okay. You're still wrong, but <laughs> I God damn it, Ryan. All right. What is next on the agenda? All right. So we got a couple little segments. We're going to break this down. Go, go a little bit of Mike Richmond style today. Uh, in the first segment that we're going to talk to or talk about, uh, I have appropriately titled this the, uh, Tickle trunk of topics. The what? The tickle trunk of topics. The, and I, what the fuck I, is it, bro? What is a tickle trunk? What are you talking about? It 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 is a trunk. It's the weirdest to- thing it, I've ever heard it, of in my life. I'm also not the creator of it. I'm not going to lie. I'm stealing this from a uh, uh, prime time with Isaac and Sue on 1080. They they occasionally they either have their grab bag or their tickle trunk. Wait, they isn't da- that what, those occasionally. I, isn't it? Isn't that from Hook? Is that what that's from from Peter Pan? Uh, if it is, uh, I haven't seen, I haven't seen that movie in about a decade. So, but either way, in, in regards to sports, there, there is a trunk of topics and you grab little topics out as, as you, as you reach in and they're just little topics that uh, tickle your fancy, hence a tickle trunk of topics. Okay. What is a tickle trunk to many kids? A box filled with clothes is simply a dress up box. But if you were a kid in Canada between 1967 and 1996, it was a tickle trunk, a magical portal to a world powered primarily by imagination. Wow. That is really weird. That uh, uh, apparently comes from a show called Mr. Dress up. That was a Canadian kids show. Uh, so basically the Canadian Mr. Rogers had a really weird trunk and he put kids in it and it's weird and I'm uncomfortable, but continue explaining. Well, yeah, I'm, <laughs> that's a weird explanation. I'm going to fact check that my mother-in-law is Canadian. So, uh, I may okay. be able to get first hand account on that and check back and, and, and ask, ask her, her what, what are they talking about? What are they talking about when they say tickle trunk? Hey, also throwing a boot there. My people are from Minnesota. So you're, you're throwing oh, some shit. I was just in Minnesota. Me. I was just in Minnesota for a wedding. It was outdoors. It was safe. Everyone wore a mask. You know what's funny? I live there. I, I, I know. <laughs> I know we already had our branch intersection, but what's funny, and my wife keeps, my wife and kids want to want to see it. We want to go back. I haven't brought them back to visit my family out in Minnesota in a while. But What, if part, I, what part of Minnesota? Uh, I grew up in Stillwater, which is just a little bit south of uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis, but most okay. of my family lives out in either Forest Lake or uh, the Maplewood area. So okay. all around the, 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 the Twin Cities general area within a stone's throw there. Fair enough. But uh, if I am back there for more than three days, my accent comes back. because I, <laughs> I, I lived there long enough as a kid to to develop the accent. And so, I mean, I, I moved out out here to the Pacific Northwest. I was born out here, moved to Minnesota and was out there until I was about seven or eight and then moved back. So during the developmental aspects of my speech. Yep. 
I, I got the accent. So if, I I'm feel back, like, if I'm back around my people, it comes back. I have to say this. I know we're a little off. I think you should embrace that. I think you should purposely bring the accent back. I think the Minnesota accent is one of the most interesting, coolest accents you can have, frankly. I've, I've tried, but it comes off as me sounding fake. It would have to be one of those things where it's I, if I went back there and I stayed Deep back immersion there, in the culture and it, and it, and it and was out there for the week and it started coming back, I would have to actually think about it when I came back home here to maintain it, to keep it rolling. All right. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Minnesota was cool. It was actually sunny and nice. We got to be on a lake. It was good stuff. Summer Minnesota. Strong recommend. Uh, it depends on uh, how you feel about a uh, hummingbird sized mosquitoes. If you were on a lake, that's dangerous in the summer. Just uh, no mosquitoes. That. Amazingly, there, there were some cicadas. Uh, yeah, the mosquito uh, level was pretty low. I got like a couple, but it wasn't anything like I would say the mosquitoes when you go hiking in the Cascades during the summer and those like glacial melt lakes, those are like mosquito bomb fests that like I have never seen more mosquitoes than those. So maybe I just hit it at the right time. Anyway, good be. job, Minnesota. So into the tickle trunk. So this is just going to be random oh little, ra- random little. Yeah, let's go into the tickle trunk, Brandon. Brandon no, I don't want to go in the tickle trunk. trunk. It sounds weird, and I'm already scared. <laughs> don't worry, this is a safe place. So in <laughs> in my tickle trunk of topics, the first one here that I got off the bat, Dame got married. <laughs> Damian Lillard and Kayla got married. Kayla, That's... Kaylee, dang it! What? Now I'm blanking. Anyways. I... Him and his fiance, they, they tied the knot. It looked like a fantastic freaking wedding. You know, um, I follow her on Instagram. She's a great follow. She actually follows me back. Uh, so I don't know, back door on if I ever want to get it. Should I slide into her DMS as a a connection to Dame? I don't know. (laughs) Can you get Dame on the show, please? (laughs) But they had, uh, they had some vertical grass. They had these like vertical plant things people are taking pictures in front of dame had multiple outfits yeah it looked like quite the all of which neither you or i could ever dream to pull off no i saw someone making fun of someone for dame like wearing something that was like low cut with pearls and i'm like you're just jealous like he can pull it off and you can't uh kind of reminds me actually yesterday russell westbrook dropped some pictures of him wearing a skirt he looked really really good and anyone making fun of him is like a jealous and b insecure like fashionable so you're calling me jealous and insecure i don't understand i don't understand any modern day fashion i'm if it i'm a hoodie and shorts guy that's that's 90 percent of my Boring. wardrobe so so i have no room to comment there i saw that russell westbrook thing and i was like what the fuck is that here's but, what i'll say and let, not we, i know this is not a fashion show but like my girlfriend and i have watched quite a bit of project runway and one of the classic tensions in you're familiar with the show maybe if you haven't watched yes. it but you're yes one of the classic tensions is between the designer's technical skill and their ability to kind of creatively push fashion forward. And so something I think that NBA players in sports, you know, figures in general enjoy doing is pushing fashion forward. And part of pushing fashion forward is to take stuff that hasn't been done before and trying it out. So it's like, is it that you're wearing like a vest and no shirt with pearls on? Is it that you're wearing combat boots with a skirt and you've colored your hair like that's the kind of stuff where it's like, yeah, like it looks kind of funky or like you haven't seen it before. But if you do that enough times, eventually you'll kind of run into combinations like, well, that's kind of cool. And you take that and it spins off into something else. And that's I mean, that is how you progress art mm-hmm. or music or fashion or name the thing. Right. As you take something, you jumble it together and create something new. So props to them. I think it's cool. 
Okay. You but couldn't anyways. pull it off because you have chicken oh, God, legs. No. But that's you know that's cool. your problem, these, not theirs. These calves, dude. These 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 things. It's always leg day in this house. <laughs> really. Hey, you're always, you're always you, doing leg day, you, huh? You be in construction and have to haul up uh, 85 gallons of paint up seven flights or seven stories. And that's a good you, point. You, you, you tell me what leg day is like. That's fair. No, that's totally fair. <laughs> but uh, in Dame's wedding, uh, did you happen to like... I found myself as the pictures were coming out, like dissecting the guest list. For one, most shocking <laughs> to me, most shocking to me, Jake Lehman. Out of all like yeah. former teammates and whatnot, if you had to ask me, are are Damian Lillard and Jake Lehman good enough friends for him to get that exclusive wedding invite? I would have bet no, but there's Jake enjoying it with his beautiful wife. I believe, yes, he is married. Yes, he is. Yeah. That one I know. Uh, his beautiful wife, uh, Myers Leonard, made an appearance. Uh, that was cool to see. Hey, he's uncanceled. Have you seen some of it? Yeah, I don't okay. know if he is uncanceled. He, he's, he's making legit headway. The one thing I will give him is that when he was on his... I don't know. Information, fact finding, forgiveness, sabbatical. Yes. Okay. Continue. I haven't thought about this. Okay. But he was not at the time promoting it. He came out and made a big statement after the fact. Not only that, not only that, he had built up. Clearly, he had like built built up all the stuff he wanted to share. It felt very stilted to me. I, I, I and here's the thing. I don't I don't disagree that. I think that like we all know he uttered an a racist expletive uh I a xenophobic racist whatever you want to describe it um I I don't deny anti-semitic anti yeah anti-semitic to be more precise I don't deny that he did that sort of absent-mindedly I don't think he did that out of malice I don't act I don't think that um I do think that he wanted to make amends so I do want to give him some credit for that like it was out of ignorance I think it's also reflective of the circles that he keeps close that that would be in his vocabulary like I think that says something about him uh, well I'll uh, not necessarily the circles that he keeps close but there's I, I don't know how much like online gaming you do. My, my son is getting more and more into it. And so I've, you know, I always maintain that like this microphone that I use is also the gaming microphone. If he wants to chat or whatnot, he plugs that into the PlayStation. He can use that. But my rule is no headphones. Cause I want to hear the things that he hears. Yeah. And there's been a couple of times where I've had to pull him off to the side and be like, these are, you know, that is not, it's not like I'm giving a crap about like if he's hearing F bombs or or all that stuff. But like, if he hears words like with what Myers Leonard said, there's a lot of that that's in gaming culture that's ingrained. And so if, if we're going to give him the the benefit of the doubt per se on there's that ignorance, I don't necessarily put it with the social circle. I put it with that kind of unfiltered um, gaming culture, which does come off a lot like how, you know, social media and the internet is you, you have this sense of anonymity behind a screen name. In this case, instead of being words on a screen, you're just a voice. You have this, you feel as though you have this freedom to say whatever. So there is that kind of stuff that if you grow up in that gaming culture, some of those things do become ingrained. And so I did kind of buy when he's like, it's words I I've heard before and I didn't think to look at their meaning. So with that, but that, that's, that's just fair. my take that, on that. That's yeah. fair. And so the last thing I'll say about him and we're, I'm spending too much time on this. It, it felt very calculated. It felt calculated that he took a break from social media. It felt calculated that he shared all this stuff after it felt calculated. Like, I wonder what's the appropriate amount of time to then cut. Like it just, there, there's something about it that I, I don't know. So I, I won't lie. He probably wanted to do it privately in, in his own or whatnot and stay off social media with it. But now that it's coming 
coming up on a season. He doesn't have a contract. He doesn't have a team that there's, that there's a PR, there's a PR person behind it that says, Hey, you did all these things. Let's put it out there. Get it. I guess I can't. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And I guess I can't blame him. Like it, like he wants to play basketball. Uh, Okay. Anyway, Myers letter is there. Here's something, a a, kind of a, a notable omission, but it could be that this person didn't want to be photographed. Where was Terry Stotts? Where was Terry Stotts? I, so do you think he was there and he wasn't photographed? Like, I think that's a possibility, but I was actually kind of surprised to not see him pop up. I don't know. Uh, Were you surprised? Yeah, I, I I would, I would imagine that he was there and because I mean, we've, you've been married before, you know, we've planned weddings. You don't come up with a guest list at the last minute, especially a big fancy wedding like this. Uh, Terry Stotts was let go three months ago. I'm in a guest right. that Dame and his fiance had a guest list and had this planned and everything more than three while. months ago. <laughs> yeah. He was, you know, and, and with how close they were, I'm going to assume like, especially if David Vanderpool was going to be there, you know, that Terry Stotts would be there. I, but I'm guessing everything that I've seen out or from Stotts outside of, you know, when his name was popping up in coaching interviews, he's kept a low profile and he's normally been a low profile. It's it's I've always gotten the sense that when he's had to do promotion, stuff when he was with the Blazers. It was a little bit forced. It wasn't as, as genuine, like it was his idea. He strikes me as a guy who just likes to hang in the background. Yeah. So, so I I wouldn't, and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was kind of intentional, like, Oh, everyone knows who I am. They know I, I, that I was the coach and I'm no longer the coach and you have a new coach. And so to see the old coach at the wedding, but not the new coach, because I wouldn't imagine Chauncey Billups wouldn't have been invited because Damon him don't have a relationship, but, but he's the new coach. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a, an intentional optics thing. It's like, don't photograph me here, but I'm going to bet. I think if you asked Terry Stotts, I bet you he was there. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. And I think, uh, Myers posted a video on his social media, which was funny because Myers Leonard was behind Zach Collins and you just see Zach Collins, this towering person. And then his short little girlfriend right next to him. And then like this row of short people behind Zach Collins. I'm like, Zach Collins is the worst person to sit behind for a wedding. (laughs) You can't see anything, but there was a couple, there was, there was one that was like off on the side where it kind of looked like the back of Stotts' head or whatnot. So I'm going to think he's there, you know, but again, in, in going down the photos from there, you know, everybody's like, Oh, Draymond Green was there this is dame recruiting draymond green you know tim <laughs> Fra- tim frazier whose dames always said is one of his best friends uh there um uh i didn't realize that he was uh as close with uh uh demar Derozan because you know he was there you know and, and a lot of former teammates and and whatnot ed davis maurice harkless uh al farouk Aminu did not see him there but yeah it was just this fun little fun little hodgepodge of people um somebody else that was there that also then decided to and i thought this was a social faux pas you're not supposed to step on somebody else's day but cj mccullum took that opportunity to announce that him and his wife are expecting a child and she looks to be about three-ish months along so they've been sitting on that news for a while if i'm going to judge by a baby bump yeah i uh the timing was a little bit maybe and again maybe it was a thing it's like well we're going to be out in public so we can't not yeah. say something i think that was yeah, we're in a dress yeah we're in a dress i can't she can't just like stand behind him the whole time right yeah no exactly so i guess i don't i don't knock him for that um yeah good for dame glad that he's married um Seems like a dope family. Very happy for them. Look like a giant party. Look like a lot of fun. Snoop Dogg and Common are there. Yeah, I saw, and I saw a lot of outdoor stuff happening. Yeah. So just good, imagine good, how, of that. Just imagine how much bigger of a wedding Dame could have had if you know he was actually in a bigger market where he could get any oh attention. God. 
So. Oh my god! I, that party was exactly as big as he wanted it to be, and no bigger. Like pigs. So congratulations, Dame, and uh, and his new uh, blushing bride. Congratulations to CJ, and technically his new br- blushing bride. I think they they just got married not too long ago. So yep. you know them expecting. Um, and so we'll pivot from that uh, to a little Mr. bit of sad news. and Doctor McCollum, right? Because she is a DDS, correct? Correct. Yep. Very good. And uh, I always like that too. Actually, it would be Doctor and Mister McCall. Correct. That's, Ryan, that's what I was looking yeah. for. Ryan Green is married to a doctor, and uh, when he got married, it was introduced Mister and Mrs. Green. And now, when they are formally introduced, because I've been at events where they require to be formally introduced, it is Doctor Green and Mister Ryan Green. I so, love. Yes. That. I think that's the coolest thing ever. It's like your <laughs> you being a doctor supersedes any gender norms that we've had about who is you know honorarium comes first i am all for it i think that's dope yep so we move from that and we reach back into the tickle trunk of topics to find (laughs) that a person i fucking hate that i hate it so much (laughs) to to uh to talk about something that we broached uh last time uh but lamarcus aldridge uh decided to again he officially came out of retirement from his uh from his heart condition uh got that checked out and we had uh slightly speculated that hey we got this extra roster spot maybe you know we do need some tall people but he went back to the nets so zero shock and surprise there they Good think the him. nets wave the nets wave deandre jordan um you know uh the all it's it's oh, fine I, I, and he I went got, to the lakers picked him up right correct um and well, i was reading something the other day it was oh i think it was like if andrew bynum it was either andrew bynum or lamar odom one of those two i think it was andrew bynum if andrew bynum came out of retirement and decided to resign with the lakers <laughs> he he would be one of the youngest players on that team and he's been retired for like eight years yeah they're they're old <laughs> that and this will get into when we go to in a different episode to predictions and stuff but um yeah they old that they are old yeah they're, they're like the average age of of their projected rotation players is like as old as me or right around there which is like i'm not old but i'm old for an nba player like that's a little frightening that is uh, the, that that yeah, that is the thing is that we keep calling them the geriatric Lakers squad. And then you look at the ages and you're like, that's I'm not my, old. That's my age <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I the, good for LaMarcus Aldridge. I also like, you know, speaking of doctors, my partner is a doctor. And so whenever there's like a medical related thing, I kind of ask her, hey, you know, what about this? And this one is particularly prescient because Cassie is interested in cardiology. Right. And so mm-hmm. this is kind of right in her wheelhouse and particularly the. The electrophysiology style of cardiology, which is like exactly what this syndrome is, Wolf Parkinson White syndrome. It's a we've talked about it before. <clears throat> it's when your heart is sending the electric signal to tell your heart to beat. It's supposed to go down a very specific pathway, that electrical signal. This syndrome is when that signal kind of gets branched off. And so your heart can have palpitations, which is what Lamarcus Aldrich was experiencing, which is when the heart beats off rhythm. Um, yep. It just contracts the heart in, in the wrong place. I asked her about this. I'm like, hey, he's had this before when he was first with the Blazers it came up again I basically said like how dangerous is it for him to play and she's like oh not dangerous at all like this this is a very treatable um it it may produce syndromes again in the future uh this is not something that because of this syndrome that he's at any risk of dropping dead on the court this is not 
something where it's like it's not that he has congestive heart failure you know it's not like it's a valve problem so I, I, i'm not a doctor so this is not medical advice but all of this is just to say for people who are worried about his health you're a person talking about medical stuff on youtube that qualifies you as a doctor notice boom right there you can ignore all of the accumulated medical science and just listen to me brandon goldner um isn't that how it works nowadays with some people yep. uh, that people you can rest easy to know that he will be okay um and, and it was obviously scary right when he was experiencing heart palpitations i've i've experienced that once in my life and it was terrifying i don't know why it happened it never happened again uh, apparently that's something that that almost everybody at some point in their lives will experience this it's, it, it will come up and then it'll just go away and it won't happen again um or it happens mm-hmm. very rarely but you know when you have this syndrome it happens frequently it's scary he's gonna be fine so good for him i mean how did you feel about him going to the nets you feel a certain way about it or you're just like oh good for you I thought it would have been like a cool little story if he had come back to the Blazers. I wouldn't have minded it because, you know, uh, we we do have a an okay amount of bigs, but none of them that don't have an injury history or whatnot. So (laughs) it's it's but then again, you know, my feelings, I'd much rather have a a veteran backup point guard on the roster than another tall person. So Dennis Smith Jr. uh, He's 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 in this tickle trunk. Don't you worry. We'll tickle Dennis Smith Jr. I don't want you to tickle anybody. <laughs> Hands off. <laughs> Consensual tickling only. Maybe he likes being tickled. Who knows? Anyway. Well, he does like to slang that wood in his pants. That's for sure. That was quite the tweet. You might have to give some context for people who don't know what you're talking about, because I do. Uh, oh, oh, gosh. I'm so gonna he, have to... he uh, as you're searching for it, looks like that's what you're doing. Dennis yep. Smith Jr., as many young men do, they say things on Twitter before they become rich and famous. And it just so happens that Dennis Smith Jr. made a tweet. Uh, I think it's when he was in high school, question mark, or maybe he was early college. Uh, It's from back in 2012. So I think he was basic math. I want to say he was 14 at the time, something around there. So, So yeah, high school. Yep. But uh, he wanted everybody to know that everybody has God-given talents. Mine just so happens to be slanging this wood in my pants. Wow. Uh, welcome to Portland, Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, I mean, does that not... That sounds like something a 14-year-old would say. So, you know, good yeah. for him. I'm just glad that Twitter okay. didn't exist when I was 14. I would be in deep shit. <laughs> deep shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Oh, we had we gosh. had we had we had America Online Instant Messenger. We had AIM, right? So we had yeah. you had to oh, put God, your away th- messages on. Remember those? All the-, oh, the, the the conversations I had in there with some some girlfriends at the time. Uh, yeah, I, that, that, I remember. Thank God very- those didn't get cataloged. I remember very distinctly that my friend and I, my next, I had a next door neighbor, a uh, shout out to, to Brian Price, um, that we created an account name for AIM called Bzirk 13. But here's the rub, Ryan, we were only 12. So we oh. were pretending to be 13 year olds. And I just remember like, oh yeah, we're going to act like we're older and older meant exactly one year older. You hooligans. I know, you right? Like it was, uh, it was a wild and crazy time. Um, All right. I'm reshuffling the tickle trunk here. I'm going to scooch one of these things off to the side. Cause while we're talking oh about Dennis God. Smith Jr. Let's <laughs> You're just trying uh, to see how many times you can say the word tickle trunk in the show. Are you? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Uh, anyways. So with this and in, in this, uh, I'll grab this out of the tickle trunk. So the Blazers signed a couple players to training camp deals. Uh, it was very fascinating to watch social media react to some of these signings as though people were saying, Oh, the Blazers have signed this player. No, these are all training camp deals. Um, so Dennis Smith jr. Who is a uh, point guard, uh, Marquise, Chris, uh, a center forward. And most recently Patrick Patterson, uh, Jason quick had the reporting a long time ago that the Blazers were going to keep their, their final roster spot open. 
and only carry 14 players plus two way. Uh, and I believe they only have one person under a two way contract at the moment. Uh, none of these players, Dennis Smith, Jr. Marquis, Chris or Patrick Patterson, uh, meet the requirements to be signed to a two way deal. They're, they're, to veteran per se, but, uh, in quick Age discrimination, that's all that is pure and simple. <laughs> hey, that's a collectively bargained years of service thing with the NBA PA. So bring that up with CJ. If you got any qualms with that <laughs> president McCollum, but, uh, but yeah, so it was, it was said that, uh, this will, they'll bring in these veteran players and they'll let them battle it out. And regardless of position, they'll take the best player. If you want to, um, look at Neil Olshay's history of how he kind of does business. You know, these were all signed deals for these training camp invites. It's normally who got the money first. That's the person the spot goes to. He tends to, you know, pay out his loyalty. So, uh, I believe in this case, it was Dennis, Dennis Smith, Smith Jr. Jr. Yeah. So you're probably looking at having him and all he is, is an insurance on if God forbid, one of the 19 guards on this roster goes down. <laughs> I mean, you were asking for a backup point guard. He's a backup point guard. And I think, okay, the biggest thing with him, and I know this is, you know, been talked about a lot now. It's not a secret anymore. He played really good defense when he was in Detroit. I mean, there's like this two minute clip of just him playing on ball perimeter defense. Mm -hmm. He looked, he looked like Patrick Beverly. I mean, he looked really, really good. He was, he moved quickly. He reacted quickly. He was in the right place. He was, he was cutting people off. He was, he was getting strips and pokeaways. He was, I mean, I I don't know. Like, I'm not saying that he's going to be like an impact player, but when you look at someone like good situationally to have, Absolutely. No, I mean, that's the exact, I mean, you, you could, excuse me, you could use him in certain spots for sure. I'm choking on my coffee here. <clears throat> like the same way that the Blazers used Rondé Hollis Jefferson in some lineups and he looked good for small stretches. I think the same could be said of Dennis Smith Jr. There's some upside here. I really do believe that. Um, I don't know. Like I, I have to say like of all of the signings the Blazers have made, the gap between what you expect them to do and what I think they may be able to do, even though that's not like the biggest impact in the world. I think that gap is probably widest with Dennis Smith jr. Cause I think he could actually work his way into being like an NBA player. He, I think he could prolong his career if he plays his cards, right. If he's given the opportunity. And I mean, particularly for someone like Billups, like, talk about defense all the time. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it might be a good fit for him. Well, and when he, when he was on the Mavs, cause I believe the Mavs drafted him, he, yep. he wasn't really that good of a defensive player and Not he was at all. A, a serviceable offensive player. And as the story goes, is that then when he got to Detroit and in the off season, he decided Hey, I need a good skill and decided to hang his hat on learning to be a defensive pest, you know, and we've seen plenty of players throughout the league that have had prolonged careers. A lot of guys that are serviceable that can pick up vet men contracts or, or work their way onto a roster and and keep their playing days going by having that, that, you know, being a defensive specialist and whatnot. So it kind of sounds like that's the direction he's going where he wants to hang his hat on it, you know, and this is kind of, we'll see what he can give to the blazers. And, and if he ends up making that final roster spot, I think that's great. Um, and let me ask a quick clarifying question about where the blazers stand with number of players and then, and kind of the NBA rules. So my understanding is that they can carry no more than 15 players, but they need to have a minimum of, is it 13 or 14? Uh, you need to have a minimum of 14. And I think they may have extended the COVID rules. They were allowed 17. Interesting. Last, last year plus a two way. If, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong more than willing to accept that, but I believe because of COVID protocols and players being able to miss things that they, they increase the number of 
roster spots that you could carry, but yes, there is, there is a floor. You can carry 13, but you have to pay a, uh, uh, a penalty for it. So 14 is the minimum that you have to carry. And then, like I said, um, after that, you're allowed, uh, two, two, two way contracts. So, and I think also that I, the other piece of this too, I, the blazers would prefer not to be in the tax this year. And I think that that too late suggest, is it really? Uh, yeah. Oh, so they were, they were over the tax by about, I want to say 3 million or so I can pull it up. Uh, when Derek Jones, when Derek Jones jr was on the team. And so trading him away, Larry Nance jr makes a little more money. Um, and so, but it, it all tallies up of when the league year is over. Right. That's what I was going to say. The Blazers still have time to get under it. They can trade under it. But the thing is, is that instead of looking at a contract like Derek Jones jr to use, to throw away, to get under it, which was the, at least in my mind, a, uh, um, a strong possibility. You're now looking at contracts like Nurk and Rocco to get under that. So I, I got into a little bit of a debate, you know, coming up, uh, whatnot. I was talking and, you know, not debate, but we're just having a discussion a little bit with Eric and Tori talking about our on Twitter. I'm talking about would the blazers want to, and, uh, Dave Deckard has a great piece. Uh, we'll, skip on how you feel about the now being attacked blazers edge, which I find hilarious. He has a great piece breaking down what the ramifications are on. If the blazers are not able to get under the luxury tax line this year, they enter the repeater tax and it, how the repeater tax works is if it's any out of the last three of the four seasons, any combination of that, if you hit that, you become a repeater. So you look at the blazer salary next year, they have four to four to five players, under contract. And that's already pushing a hundred plus million dollars. You know, any, if you want any semblance of a good roster, um, in the coming seasons, unless the blazers come out of the gate, just ball busters. And then the organization doesn't care about paying these repeater taxes, a la golden state. You want them to get under the tax because if they're under the tax, even by a dollar this year, this avoids them being the repeater. And then they can overpay without that exponential penalty. And if you want a, a, a grasp of how strict that penalty is, I mean, it gets to the point where if you sign a vet minimum player, for two, three, $4 million, that two, three, $4 million is now actually costing 12, 13, $16 million. So that's the impact that has. Right. And really quick next year, you have Dame CJ norm under contract. You have Nas little has a team option. Anthony Simons is a restricted free agent with a $12 million cap hold. Uh, and then you have Yusuf Nurkic has a, uh, team option partially guaranteed for next year. The point oh. is that the Blazers are, like you said, they're in a tough spot. And my point with all of these kind of roster spots and who's going to be where is that they're probably going to have fewer players than more. So all of this is really to say that if they pick up Dennis Jones Jr., there's probably not room for Marquise Chris and probably not room for Patrick Patterson. But here's what I wanted to say, and I wanted your opinion on this too. As, Real quick, yeah. who are you reading those salaries off from? Uh, the Dunked On podcast cap. Yusuf Nurkic does not have a cap hold. You get sport track or sport rack, however you want to. They have the way better breakdown. And so under, under contract next year, you have Dame, CJ, Norm, Larry Nance Jr., Nasir Little, and Greg Brown. 
those are all your players. Uh, the only uh, dead slash retained cap is, I believe, the final year of Andrew Nicholson at 2.84. Uh, there are the potential for qualifying offers to Anthony Simons, CJ Ellaby, Trenton uh, Watford, and an incomplete roster charge. And that is all the holds. There is no uh, use of Nurkic minimum qualifying offer. That was for this year. There is nothing on the books for any other player than those ones I mentioned with dollar values. And that, uh, and just with that and cap space and holds that puts them at 107, uh, basically $108 million uh, against what is projected to be a $115 million cap. I thought that Nurkic had a partial, I guess that yeah. was for this year. Yep. Okay. Then, okay. So let me, let me rephrase something really quick. Uh, if the Blazers, as he's an unrestricted free agent, sorry. Okay. So you're right. I'm just going to go with what you're saying. I'm just going to stop talking. The point being though, is that <laughs> they're probably not going to pick up both Jones jr. And Marquise Chris or both Jones jr. And Patrick Patterson. That's not likely for Smith jr. Thank you. So many juniors have Gary Trent Jr. You have Jones Jr. You have Smith. Too many juniors. Uh, Nance Jr. Pick a different name. Just pick a different name. Like no Brandon Juniors, no Ryan Juniors. Pick a different name. Um, but here is my question to you, or, or statement slash something. The, the the Blazers, the way they filled out their roster, it feels like a poor man's Los Angeles Lakers, where instead of having these like marginal level rotation players coming in at a minimum, you have these like marginal level NBA players, like people who are looking to make the league, but they have NBA experience, which I actually mm-hmm. think is pretty helpful, right? Like these are these are players who have played roles in the past, who have identifiable skills who may be able to do something for you. And I guess my statement slash question just to give to you is again, it's marginal. I don't think that this really tips whether the Blazers are a championship team or not, but I do think that having all of these like potential NBA level players at the very end of your roster can be helpful. If you have a couple of injuries and you need to tread water for a while, because that may be the difference between getting the six seed or the nine seed. I mean, we know that that can be separated by just a couple of games. If you can win just a couple more games because you have NBA level talent and not like no name, make no namerson filling in on the third, you know, the third game in five days type of thing in the middle of the regular season that can actually have playoff implications. So to that, I actually appreciate that it looks like the Blazers will have a team full of NBA players. And I think that is a marginally good thing. So just credit to Neil Olshay for all of you who say, I don't give credit to Neil Olshay. We know that that's not true. I just don't like him overall, <laughs> but yeah, credit to him for that. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. And so, uh, second to last year, and we'll, uh, we'll kind of go through these, these last two here a little quickly. Uh, Rick Adelman, uh, famed Blazers coach, uh, famed Blazers player, technically famed say. Blazers mustache. Uh, this is true. Strongest mustache. mustache in Blazers history outside of Clyde Drexler. He was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. And so over the course of Adelman's career, uh, he was head coach for 23 seasons, five different teams, retired back in 2014 during his six seasons uh, coaching the Blazers from 89 to 94, which is when, I mean, I'll say I really got into basketball, which makes sense because uh, I was three when he started coaching. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, He coached Blazers to a record of 291 and 154, second most wins behind his stint with Kings and and our uh, two uh, finals appearances during that 90s run. Most number of finals appearances by any Blazers coach. Uh, And and 
I mean, it sucks because if it were not for Michael Jordan, the Blazers probably would have won at least one championship. I also, <laughs> how many teams can say that? I think the Suns are looking back at that. <laughs> that's true. I also think that like you could argue that the Blazers management blew up the team a little too soon. I think the Blazers could have maybe had like a late prime push, you know, rather than rejiggering and kind of making Clyde Drexler feel like he needed to bounce. I think there was probably probably some opportunity there. Um, so yeah, Rick Adelman, I, you know, it's hard to say that he's the greatest coach in team history because Jack Ramsey won a championship and he was an, an incredible coach. And, and a lot of actually, it's interesting, Ramsey, a lot of the philosophical underpinnings of him as a coach is stuff that you see in the modern NBA now, which mm-hmm. is respecting That's your space players. And- space and pace to space and pace, respecting your players. Like he was not like a disciplinarian yeller type of person. Like he was as much as he needed to be, but like, yeah, he really pushed the envelope for that. But I mean, gun to my head, I think that Rick Adelman is the best coach in Blazers history because of the balance between longevity and success. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you could argue that, uh, yeah. And good for him. I think that he, it's actually, it surprised me that he wasn't already in the hall of fame. It's me too. Me too. And the basketball hall of fame is the easiest hall of fame to get into. I mean, they literally call it the basketball hall of fame because you can be in there as a high, good high school basketball player, good college basketball player, right. good basketball announcer. It was interesting too. I mean, another person who not blazers related, but it was really funny seeing bill Russell inducted in the hall of fame. Like, wasn't he already in there? Billy Dears gets, cause he was inducted as a coach. Right. Yep. And so, um, Anyway, kudos to him. Very cool. I dig Billups it. Billups was there with the old uh, title winning piston squad to uh, congratulate Ben Wallace on uh, being inducted in. So nice. Yeah. Ben Wallace uh, looking suave. Um, I think <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to pull the joke off. So I'm not going to say it. Um, but both him and Tim Duncan, when they were inducted, both had like they, they were styled differently than when they played in the NBA. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Wallace has the hugest hands on earth. There's like a picture of him, like standing there, like in a suit. And it's like, why are his hands so big? Um, which maybe explains why he is an undersized center was like defensive player of the year and got so many blocks, right? Like that was part of it. Um, yep. Yeah. So congratulations to them and particularly Rick Adelman. Obviously those are my formative Blazers years as well. Strong mustache, stronger coach. Congratulations to him. Yep. Congrats. And the final, the final thing before we close the lid of the tickle trunk is that Lillard is back at it. Throwing out Instagram posts that makes everybody say it's definitive. This is what's happening. Do you want to put any fucking stock into this or do do you want to freak out? Do you want to affirmatively declare that? Oh, look, I told you he's staying or, Oh, Oh yeah, it's huh. all of these like this. sarcastic just tweets. About, just get the season to start already. Just yeah. do um, it. So I, I think that what this says, I think you said it on Twitter and I share your thoughts are that this definitely says that he is willing to give it a shot this year. I we think that's that. very clear. I think that's, I, I think that we already knew that before, right? But I think this cements, I think this is mostly, this is a message at Daryl Morey to be like, you're not getting, you're not getting me for Ben Simmons. So just like, let that dream die. That's really what that means. He's going to give this a shot. I think that's totally great. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't put any stock into it besides that. And I do think it's funny when like, I'm, you know, reporters like Aaron Fentress are like, see, see, I told y'all. And it's like, oh, so you're using a quote from Damian Lillard to counter 
a quote from Damian Lillard because it was, uh, I did that. And the thing I was told is, yeah, but th- he said this. Now he said that other one of, I'm not certain about what my, or about my future in the past before the, I'm like, that was a month that and was a half like ago. Two seconds ago. Right. Like, so I'm, I'm sorry. Again, if I'm Damian Lillard, I'm not sitting here looking at, you know, no offense. I still maintain Neil O'Shea did a decent off season. I think that without the, without the shadow of Damian Lillard being disappointed and our fear of that he's going to leave if there's not a genuine title chase this year we would rank this offseason a lot better than what we're ranking it now but there's these underlying conditions for it i just ah. neil did okay i mean yeah, for no, me did, did okay. I, I would move him from like having a c c minus offseason to like a b b minus i'm not talking he knocked it yeah. out of the park a a plus but so so with this as you were saying i do find it funny it's like oh yeah all these changes okay but there there hasn't been there's been good moves and i maintain that this roster is significantly more balanced than what we've seen in the past you all know my love of balance there's some interchangeability there's the we also have no idea what are kind you of system a libra? are you a libra are you are you the scale? sagittarius sagittarius oh, and that would forever, make sense. Yeah. It would be such synchronicity if you were in fact the scale right that's the scale right libra yeah yes yes no i'm the archer fair (laughs) enough but yeah and and so it's this i hate this effing dissecting instagram posts and using using whatever the latest quote is to make a definitive statement about what the hell is going on and like the thing that i think is most funny is again this is about I mean, these are human beings, right? Like Damian Lillard's opinions and his thoughts about this stuff are necessarily complex because this is not an easy thing to think through. This is about his legacy, about his life, the decisions where he, he where he moves his family. It's about what he wants people to think of him 20 years from now. Like this is all very complex. And, you know, it's it, I just find it very interesting when people a couple months ago are like, well, we don't think he's leaving despite what he's saying now because he's been so loyal. And now people are saying, see, because of what he's saying now, he's not leaving. It's like, well, he, again, you can't pick one. Is he going to say something different in a month? He's going to say something different in a month and a half. Probably season gets off to a season gets off to a shitty start. How do you know he's not going to say at the trade deadline? Get me the fuck out of here. Right. And like, I, here's the other thing too. You floated this theory. And I think that it actually, it gives this theory more weight, which is that Neil Olshay basically pulled Dame aside and said, look, I'm doing everything I can, but when you make this stuff public, it reduces my leverage. And I think Ben Simmons. Right. And I, so exactly, exactly. And I think that this Instagram post, if you want to be very cynical or, or maybe strategic, this plays into trying to give Neil Olshay more leverage. And I think that it successfully did that. Look at the national narrative about Damian Lillard and Ben Simmons. Now, Damian Lillard has now been moved into a different category of he's not available right now now he's not available right now but ben simmons definitely is that's and a is difference. now telling the sixers that it's not my job to fix my trade value right. while simultaneously tanking his fucking trade value which i think says a lot again i gotta hate giving credit to noel shea it i think that <laughs> it pains me to do it I think credit to Neil Olshay, his really twice in one episode, folks, twice. Unbelievable. I know this. I'm going nuts. I think that it's a credit to Neil Olshay, his relationship with Damian Lillard. I think that this is reflective of a level of trust, right? I believe that this is strategic. I believe this does have to do with rebuilding some of the leverage that Neil Olshay lost when Damian Lillard went public. And I believe that 
there is a level of trust between Neil O'Shea and Damian Lillard. I think that that is reflective of that. This says everything about the beginning of this season in particular, and maybe this season more broadly, but this says nothing about after this season. That's how I take this Instagram post. Yep. It's about how I take it too. So it's nothing's definitive. Everything can change. He said something different where I've always stood is that in seasons past, anytime Lillard has been asked about trade rumors and all that stuff, he has very definitively and firmly come out. I'm in Portland. I'm staying in Portland. This is where I want to retire. I want to be the greatest blazer of all time. Planning the parade route down Broadway. I have have no desire to leave. These trade rumors are stupid as opposed to this time in this off season where he has stated, I want, I'm going to be here next season. I don't have any, I don't know. I don't have any plans yet on what my future holds. There's a little, there's a little more vagueness to his answers than there has been in the past. He even said like two months ago, he said, I don't even know what I'm doing this year. Right. Like that's like, so Mm -hmm. that's, you have to consider that anyway. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. All right. So there we're closing the tickle trunk. I'm not going to talk about the tickle trunk anymore. We'll Holy set it aside. Goodness. I'll set it aside. We'll bring the tickle trunk back out later, later on in the season. It's always good to put some stuff in there for later on. Can we, get, stuff. can we, can we do like Trill Blazin did and get a collab with taste tickler, the sandwich shop and do a taste tickle trunk. Maybe we can get our own sandwich. That'd be pretty dope. I will get taste tickler on the phone. By the way, taste tickler has been around for a really long time. They have great sandwiches. I'm also uncomfortable with their name. I just feel like the word tickle is a weird word. Whatever. Thank you for closing the trunk. It's terrifying to me. It's got to stay right. over there. If you, if you can bring us the, uh, the, the tickle trunk brought to you by taste tickler. Yep. The taste I tickler will, trunk. I think it's great. Yeah. That, that is also a tongue twister, but I will be the one to say it. So if you can make that happen, taste we'll do tickler it. Trunk tongue twister. I like it. Yes. Moving on to, uh, you know, a little bit of collaborations. Um, all I'm going to say for this in the second segment is that, you know, as the season's coming up, people are getting a lot more engaged in basketball. We're reaching out and we're, we, you and I are very big on, on local stuff. Yep. And so we've been talking to some local artists and local business people and, uh, uh upcoming, we, we will, pro- we will be holding some contests. And all I will say for right now is that it is very important that you, uh, follow us on the, we like the blazers, uh, social media pages yeah. and, uh, make sure that you, uh, I don't care if you like, you can, you can downvote the podcast. You can give us a thumbs down. Just subscribe. Hey, if, no, if they we cannot. Say, hey, hold, hold, no, hold on a second. I would prefer don't the like and people subscribe. to give us a thumbs down. <laughs> I, w- I would like the like and subscribe, but that sounds so cliche. So, I mean, I'm just letting them know that if they dislike and subscribe, they are still, they will still have an opportunity. But in, in this space, we will be coming up with news here in the very near future on what exactly we're going to, what we're going to be doing as far as trying to engage a little more with our listeners. That's good. Uh, we're going to give it away, give it away, give it away now, but not now, but a little bit later. So yeah, get ready for that. This this is, this is your preparation for that. So, um, so where I want to close the show now is that the the biggest bit of Blazers news and something has had been hanging over, you know, our heads since the split from uh, NBC Sports Northwest is uh, and the Blazers signing their deal with Root Sports is what we're going to be the streaming options for Root Sports. And it came out that Root signed a distribution deal with uh, Fubu, Fubo, 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 Fubo. Okay, Fubo. If TV. they were hilariously oversized jeans, it would be Fubu, but in this case, it is Fubo. Okay, Fubo TV to carry their Pacific Northwest Regional Network of Sports. So that includes the Kraken, that includes the Mariners, that includes the uh, the Portland Timbers, the Seattle Sounders, um, and the Portland Trailblazers. And so they they are on there. The the 
a lot of people don't have, as far as I know, the, the popular ones are Hulu TV or Hulu live. And, uh, cause Hulu has life sports as Dame would like to tell you, do they? I did not know <laughs> uh, that a little money gun. There you go. Um, and then YouTube TV root sports is on neither of them. Uh, root sports used to be just carried on like the direct TV, their, their app, their, their stream or their AT&T TV. Um, they are now working their way into more streaming options. And as of now, they're only on FUBU. The base package for that is about 65 bucks a month to get 150 Woof. to 200 some odd channels. I'm a fan of that because it does have a uh, pac 12 network, which uh, YouTube TV does not. So that would be a, a bonus for you and I out here, but I Wait, think you're a fan of $65 a month. Okay. If you consider it this way. So right now I, I think I've touched on this before I have YouTube TV, but I am not the one that pays for YouTube TV. Ryan green has YouTube TV well, over on, on the blazer tech podcast, uh, with YouTube TV, you can have five people that are on it and you can have three streams going shared at a time. So he, Brandon paid for storage space. I paid for, um, uh, RSS feeds and Ryan green paid for YouTube TV. And that was how we split it. So we had all gotten access to it for free. And that was kind of like our share of the pot per se, Ryan green. If, uh, the blazers and, uh, root sports do not end up on YouTube TV, will be canceling it. And that is currently, I think his plan is he's paying $70 a month for that. Now, keep in mind, he's paying $70 a month for that. And me and my wife are the ones that watch the most amount of TV on that. But the, the downside with, uh, with FUBU is that, um, you're only allowed two streams at once as opposed to three. So there's a little bit of that you are allowed, uh, you know, in network sharing, but th this kind of leads, leads me to, I wanted to talk about like how, how you stream things. How many different streaming packages or services are, are you signed up for over, overall over the gambit? Uh, yeah, we have Netflix. Uh, we have Amazon prime video and I think that that's it. So okay. I am, it's not going to happen, but I just wish that they would go to Amazon prime video, but it's not going to happen. Well, Am uh, the blazers did from my understanding, try to reach out to Amazon prime, but what Amazon is trying to do is get leagues and not, whole league, yeah. and not regional. And you see that they, I believe they carry the WNBA and they carry it as a league as a whole. So Amazon is thinking bigger with that. Like they, and they just recently paid out a crap ton of money to get Thursday night football rights. Yeah. So. Can I complain about price yet? Or are we, or is there still more? info to because yeah, i'm ready to complain in a smidge because <laughs> i think i i think i can gently lead you there so like with my streaming so we have netflix we have hulu um we have uh amazon prime uh we have hbo max we have disney plus but i don't pay for all of those and what i have found the best way to do with streaming is that so my wife and I, we pay for Netflix and Amazon prime and the Amazon prime. We just get, because we have that for ordering things. So you just get that subscription as being right. a prime member. Yep. So we pay for Netflix, but we share our Netflix password with other people. They, they pay for part of a Disney plus thing. We get, we get access to that. It's kind of like this hodgepodge of, you know, I'll pay for this, you know, here you can have my password for that. You pay for that. You give me your password for this and kind of share it amongst the pots so that you're not looking at getting a streaming service to watch game to watch like cable per se at $65 a month, plus pay, paying an additional $60 a month for all your other streaming options on top of your, you know, hundred dollars a month or whatever for internet. Right. So it's, you can do it smartly 
it's possible and streaming has allowed that, but I'm still slightly bitter that there is not a better a la carte option. Yeah. And that's, I, I agree. And I think it's, it's hard for me to justify when my, I have gigabit internet here, which is great. Um, strong Mm -hmm. recommend. Um, and it's, I think it's, it's 60 bucks a month. How, how can I justify getting a streaming service where I would only use it to watch the Blazers and it's more expensive than my gigabit internet, which by the way, I don't know if you heard Ryan, I can access virtually anything using my internet connection. Whereas with this, I can only access what they have. So it's like, it's super frustrating. I had a totally legit streaming service that I had been using for many, many years and it, it finally discontinued, which I am, I am sad about. And that was like $130 for the year. I felt like that was very fair. I felt like that is reflective of the amount of times I'm going to use it, right? Like I'm going to use this a couple times a week for a few hours. Like, so it, it were as you're I, underutilizing it then. Well, I mean, what am I, I, mean, I don't have time. Like, Hey man, I'm trying to get into disc golf shape. I'm trying to do yoga now. Like I'm complete. I'm, I'm becoming you a can different get into person. Below deck mad Vanderpump rules is getting ready to come back. I just, uh, you, you know, know, there's the mass singer dude. If you, I fit a lot of stuff into my day and me and my wife do a lot of activities and a lot of travel, but also at the same point in time, if you were to look at the amount of TV and the things that we watch, uh, you would assume that we live our lives on a 36 hour day schedule. <laughs> well, I think, and if, if Cassie were a bigger sports person, we might utilize some of that stuff more, but I mean, we like again, we, we watch shows like survivor and the great British bake off and project runway. And right now we're watching white collar, which I, I, I don't know. Ooh, I never what, I love that show. I oh, watched yeah, it great. when it was new. It's have great. you ever watched suits? No. Ooh, d- dive into suits. It's, it's funny that you say suits not- because that's what, what's his face. So it's called the FBI agents of suits. Yep, um, yeah. Anyway, so the point being, I, I, yeah, I, I'm glad it's available to people who have TV or people who have direct TV. I'm glad it's available for the, the two people who are using Fubo. Uh, but for everybody else, this kind of sucks. And I am hopeful that maybe it goes on to some other service that is, I don't know, that we could use well, it for something else again. But, I, but saying for everybody else, it kind of sucks. That's that's not necessarily true, because when the Blazers weren't on route and they were on sp- or, or NBC Sports Northwest and even with YouTube TV and, and, and when PlayStation View was was still a thing and, you know, Hulu, Hulu TV and all that stuff, the overall market share and whatnot for the Blazers was was something like one point one million eyeballs as opposed to now with this with fubu and and them being on direct tv it widens up this market share to i want to say it's like 2.7 so you've over doubled the eyeballs that are on your team so it doesn't necessarily suck but there is this change that needs to be made of a lot of people going all right well can i should i cancel my youtube tv and get fubu the other benefit with these streaming packages is that you're not locked into a contract so you are taking maybe six months of your year to where you'd only have to pay for that. I can't, but I can't justify spending like 400 bucks on, I just, it's like, it seems like a waste. And like, I'm not saying that I'm like the best with my money in the whole world. Like I buy things like jerseys, right? Like I buy disc golf discs. We, so I get it. Like, I'm not like a, a perfect personal finance person to get advice from. I'm just saying like, it seems like a lot of money. And also I think it's fine to say that the way it was before kind of sucks and it kind of sucks still. Like I should be, I, I, okay, here's what I think. And this gets into We're politics and Denver at least. 
That's true. Better than Denver. Here's what Avalanche I think. TV. Get your shit together. This goes into my political philosophy. I wish that this country had better consumer regulations because if I go to Subway, I can purchase a six inch spicy Italian sandwich. I don't have to buy chips and a cookie and a six inch something else and a drink. I can just buy the six inch sandwich. You're telling me if I want to watch the Blazers games, which in this case is the six inch spicy Italian, I have to buy all this other crap too. I just, I I, I don't think in 2021, that doesn't make sense and it's not fair. And I wish that we could regulate the hell out of it to make it so that, okay, now I want to watch the Blazers. I'm paying $15 a month, $20. That's, that's much more fair. $65 yeah. a month for and one thing is insane. Yeah. To do the, to do the a la carte method does, does make a lot more sense. And, you know, I think uh, NBC sports Northwest in the last two seasons tried to do something like that with their like gold pass or their whatever they call it. But even for that, it was $14 to get select games. You didn't even get all yeah. the games. And so, yeah, there, there does need to be, I, I think, you know, in the days of the internet and in streaming, it should be a lot easier to go through and be able and pick and choose your channels that you want, as opposed to sticking to the old ways of the cable days where you had to pick your package. Do I want 50 channels? Do I want a hundred channels? Do I want 150 channels? Do I want 250 channels? And you end up having to get that 250 channels because three that you absolutely love are in no other package, but now you have to basically pay for the seven different Telemundo stations that you will never watch. Imagine if this applied. I mean, really when people, I just, I invite all of you to think about applying that to any other thing that you buy and how ridiculous it would be. It would be ridiculous. I want to buy a used car. Well, you also have to buy a bike and a skateboard and a toaster. That's wild. No, I just want a car. So yeah, anyway. Oh, well, I'm glad there's something. Hopefully there's something else that comes out. You know, in the meantime, I will be keeping my options open. Yeah. And if not come the end of the season, uh, you and I are splitting a FUBU package. (laughs) Yeah, we are. All right. All right. Uh, that's all I got. That's all I got for now. Well, that's uh, great. I think we'll have talk off air. Uh, there may be an episode that we'll have coming up sometime this week. Uh, next weekend, we are taking a break. I we'll talk off air. I, I, uh, well, next I, weekend I will be out of town. I am celebrating my six year wedding anniversary. Congratulations. I, I I'm had, at a disc I golf had, tournament next weekend. Uh, so that's, yeah, we're not, we're, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, I had to make, I had to make a last minute change because originally, uh, in this, in, in my year to pick, uh, the wife and I alternate years for picking our vacation destination so that we don't have to come to an agreement. It's where, if I want to go this place one year it's, and it's my turn, we go that place. She gets the next year. So this uh, year it's I, the tickle trunk. i hope every anniversary i get to go in the tickle (laughs) trunk (laughs) but uh no this year i had picked south lake tahoe and uh that we oh not nice because then south lake tahoe caught on fire with the candor fire and uh the fire line literally got its way up to three quarters of a mile away from the resort that we were going to stay at so we had to bail on that reservation and last minute change so that sucks i hope you got your money back uh yes we did and uh i think uh for the same price we we picked a different destination i'm I'm going back to arizona we're gonna hang out at this beautiful golf resort in uh in scottsdale so great that's awesome uh the only thing that will set on fire anything there is the sun so enjoy baking in the sun uh well if you want to reach out to us you can always do that you can hit us up at we like the blazers at gmail.com 
or at welikettheblazers.com, or if you're on Twitter, it's just like the Blazers. You can find me at GoldnerPDX. You can find that dude at the Witty Ryan. And as you said before, we would love your subscription. But as I will say, I would love your thumbs up or your likes. If you dislike the show, you know, you can do whatever you want, but I would appreciate the likes are more important. We're going to be doing a giveaway at some point in the not too distant future. So you want to stay tuned with us and check us out. I am Brandon. That's Ryan. That's it for today. And go Blazers. Go Patriots. Patriots.